Welcome, educators, parents, and scholar gamers, to the Academy of Esports episode 22, Interview with Stuart Costers. I'm your host, James O'Hagan. This is the podcast where I delve into topics surrounding esports and education. Esports are organized competitive video games, allowing schools to redefine their athletic culture, diversify opportunities for student participation, promote physical and mental health, increase collegiate scholarship pathways, and play games. We cannot forget the importance of play. The mission of the Academy of Esports is to support these ideals. The vision of the Academy of Esports is for all students to experience the fun and joy of playing competitive video games. In this episode, I interview Stuart Costers. He is a lecturer at Staffordshire University, and he has spearheaded what is believed to be the first university degree program specific to esports. Yes, by combining elements of gaming, a gaming program and a business program, he has really started to look beyond the games to help bring in students from divergent backgrounds around a common interest in esports. Stuart shares his insights, surprises, and key takeaways as he worked to build this unique program. And now my interview with Stuart Costers. This is James O'Hagan, the host of the Academy of Esports, and I'm here with Stuart Costers from the University of Staffordshire in England. Stuart, thank you for being on the podcast. No problem. It's always a pleasure. I'm a big fan of your podcast. <laughs> thank, you. thank you very well. I'm a big fan of your work. Uh, Stuart, you're at the University of Staffordshire, but a lot of people may not know what you do or why I'm even talking to you today. So if you wouldn't mind, share a little bit about yourself and your role there at the university. Sure. Um, so I'm a past student um, at Staffordshire University. I studied uh, games design uh, as something I was really passionate about. I uh, finished that. Uh, got a degree with honours, and then I went on to uh, specialise into something that I'm really passionate about also, uh, which is uh, esports. Um, I hope not many people have uh, done extracurriculum into esports, and I think uh, it's a great area for education to grow. Uh, so I studied um, a master's, and I completed a master's uh, with a specialism into esports events management and business. Um, and then uh, the university really liked my work, so they uh, I, I, they, they kind of came up with the idea that we'll uh, we'll grow a, a esports course out on that. So they uh, employed me as a lecturer uh, in business, and uh, I specialise in esports in that. Well, you know, Staffordshire, I know a couple of weeks ago I interviewed a gentleman from uh, 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 Joey uh, Garisiak from Shenandoah University, and I know they have a program as well, but Staffordshire was the first one, wasn't, wasn't uh, your school to come up. You're, I mean, basically, you're the godfather of this idea <laughs> of putting esports and making it a, a college degree track. Is that correct? Yeah, so uh, with the first degree, um, I know there's uh, uh, similar versions, like, uh, but um, none of them are actually a uh, degree. Um, so uh, we had to go through uh, putting the white paper in, um, et cetera, which was uh, um, fantastic because we have an incredible games uh, school. Uh, we have an incredible business school. Um, and it was the perfect merger uh, for two factions to get together and uh, formulate a degree um, that matches the growth of this like awesome industry that is esports, and uh, we we kind of put that together, and I got accepted. Um, and next thing you know, we've uh, built great facilities and got fantastic students. It's gone crazy. But but before you even got there, I mean, where did the idea? I mean, let's take you back to where the idea came from, because the idea had to start somewhere, right? Sure. I mean. It's funny how in my story, when how I got involved in esports was about five years ago, and it was just a casual conversation I had with an assistant superintendent of our school district. 
was there kind of a similar moment with with your program and your work? Sure. Um, yeah, it was actually quite similar, really, because um, we met uh, with um, the deans of uh, both the uh, business and game school um, and uh, Dr. Bobby Fletcher, um, who is the um, head of uh, games at our school. She is very aware of uh, trending in inside games and how uh, the industry is, uh, you know, a multi-billion uh, dollar industry. And uh, she was very aware of uh, the changes that are happening. Um, and um, it kind of grew from uh, a discussion there and next thing we know we've uh, been talking to Yuki uh, who uh, challenged a uh, white paper um, what's, to, what's uh, Yuki? Oh cool, uh, so uh, Yuki um, is kind of our um, uh, academic founding industry uh, they support all uh, academic uh, games especially related across the UK Okay. Um, so uh, they saw, uh, support of projects basically uh, we uh, talked to them, they challenged the white paper idea um, then uh, uh, Rachel Gowers, um, who's the associate dean at uh, the business school, mm -hmm. um, met with Dr. Bobby Fletcher. Um, we all sat down together. We devised a, um, uh, a plan and uh, put it together, um, wrote um, a, uh, a description of modules that we best suit after talking to industry uh, that they said would uh, be good to match the growth of the industry. So uh, include roles that are very relevant inside esports into the uh, taught modules. Um, and then that was put out and uh, it all got accepted. Um, and it's kind of been really the, the really the past and the history and uh, the future is now. So, <laughs> But that's that's, you know, you, you kind of I know the story to you is probably something that feels so matter of fact right now. But for a lot of people, you know, especially I, I work in public education in the United States. So I deal with students who are not yet at college or university. And what you just described is something that a lot of people feel that they run up against uh, administrators who are not supportive. They don't understand gaming. Um, so your story is, while to you may feel very um, natural and just kind of happened and it was just all this great, you were in the right place at the right time. Um, it really is a story, I think, that is is a really one that you you is, is an important story and, and shouldn't be downplayed because it does show... For example, I know uh, Rachel uh, Gowers. She, I know she's been a great supporter of you uh, and this programming work because we all chatted before, and yeah. uh, it's it's uh, it's really a, a fantastic thing that you have going there. And now it's being copied, and it's not just being copied by little universities like Shenandoah. It's, it's uh, Ohio State University, which is one of the largest universities in the United States, said, "Hey, we want to do this as well too." Have they oh, reached wow. out to you or anybody else? Uh, uh, I so I have been contacted by um, quite a few different uh, international universities. Um, and uh, the national universities here have uh, just put out their white paper, and um, they've just uh, two have just been accepted actually, um, and uh, they are following um, similar suits. And uh, I, I think that's uh, it could obviously be considered as a competition, but I think this is the start of something new. I think this is the start of something great because I think it means that we can do one thing. But I've seen then, as an example, um, uh, one other university they're focusing more on, uh, focusing more on the psychology. And uh, of uh, behind the, uh, how the uh, affects players and the, and uh, nutritional aspects, um, which is uh, similar to uh, what I want to go into my PhD. 
And uh, I, I think that's great because I think we can specialize in one area and offer that to a group of individuals that want to get into the, the business and the analytics of esports. They can offer another thing. And I, I think that the more we uh, come together across the globe and, uh, and and bring this educational need for esports to come out, we can support the industry and, and, and get people who are really interested in this type of thing um, uh, into the into an industry that they love. And uh, I think that, that that's the real passion about it. Now, uh, as I've started to see, and I'm sure you have too, you've started to see people start to dip their toes into esports who are not gamers, right? Uh, sure. edu- educators especially are trying to understand what this is all about because they see it. They see their, their students are, are very excited by it. Um, but your major is, as you kind of alluded to, your major is not about just playing video games, right? Yes. The, the degree program is not just, oh, we're going to sit here and play video games for four years and then you're going to walk away with a bachelor's in Fortnite or anything like that, right? <laughs> if only it was that easy. <laughs> yeah. So, so explain to an educator what this degree program may look like because, uh, you know, as we try to counsel children into this field, um, there's a lot of people who just don't know what, what a degree like this would even entail or what it would look like. So how sure. how so what um, what does the degree program actually run through? What kind of subjects and material does it run through? Uh, sure. Um, so it pretty much um, because it is a business degree, uh, it falls in the business school. Um, it has a mix of uh, games as well. So you could start. Uh, we uh, asked the industry what type of things you would like, and they said on that word, well, "Be great on that." For obviously people who have a passion for broadcasting, um, but they love esports. Um, we could, if you could combine that together. So we've uh, built a state-of-the-art facility for broadcasting. Um, so we had the BBC, as an example, come and evaluate one of the modules and see what they think and the equipment. Um, and it's skills that are transferable that we teach on the module that, is, say, they didn't want to stick in esports, they could take somewhere else, mm-hmm. um, even though we know the, the growth is there anyway. Um, but they could learn things like um, uh, producer, um, vision mixer, um, sound uh, technician, um, uh, visual artist, uh, all of these type of elements, and that's just one side. Um, then you've got other ones like uh, Caster. Um, so we actually spoke to um, a couple of the uh, lads who are uh, running car- uh, the lead casters for uh, FIFA now. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually came and visited us. Um, uh, Brandon, as an example, uh, came and did a talk, uh, spoke to the students, and he told them tips about what they'll be learning on the module and what he's found in his past experience. So uh, we've got casting in there and producing. Um, we've also got um, uh, analysis. Uh, analysis. Uh, analysis. Sorry. Yeah. No, I do the <laughs> same thing. My words. <laughs> um, we've also got um, some uh, great uh, uh, people who want to go into the events management. Um, uh, be uh, the uh, like line managers of the uh, um, like uh, arena. They want to produce the actual work that goes out. They want to uh, be team leaders. Um, so uh, kind of really expanding in all of those. But then we've got the the, the fundamental uh, fundamentals as well. So like a PR um, marketing uh, manager. Um, we've got um, uh, was it uh, like a, the uh, sound uh, sound technician. Um, all of these kind of aspects on that of uh, part of the course. So. Okay. So it is, so these sound to me like traits that whether the person went into esports or not, they, they could be pulled into other industries as well too. I mean, shout casting, as you were talking about and you alluded to, while the student may not become an esports caster, they may actually start to work in normal, like traditional sport uh, broadcasting, potentially, possibly, or, or something like that. Correct. So these, 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 uh, these yeah, things totally. transfer into everything. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the um, the best things um, in education. I think we all are aware that uh, as a parent, it could be quite natural um, to worry and uh, be a bit concerned about if your son or daughter is going to go into um, uh, education. There's a lot of money involved that you're going to commit to that program. Um, and it's a bit of a worry because uh, you, you, as a parent, I'm sure, as you know, the, the child is as well, that they want to go into the right um, industry that's right for them they want to you know it's going to be potentially four years of their life mm-hmm. um that they're, they're, they're kind of uh committing um and uh, one of the things that we love about that is uh we've got kind of the match of the the growth of the industry like we've got the support um and it's it's kind of a big value to say that uh you're you're in safe hands you're in the right direction so um yeah it's it's, it's kind of i would say that factors question really lays upon how I think parents would think. Um, and I like to reassure them about that. So now not knowing a whole lot about Staffordshire and you said that they already had a gaming degree at the university and, and you obviously had the business school, does Staffordshire connect in any special ways into the industry right now? I, I mean, I don't know what the, what the environment is like in the UK. So what, why Staff? I guess why Staffordshire, you know, <laughs> Sure, sure. Um, I think esports in uh, we refer it to as the West Midlands. Um, so uh, in the uh, Midlands area, on that, uh, I think uh, what's happened is uh, games has really grown anyway, um, and uh, it's kind of come away from just being everything involved in London. Um, but it's kind of breached up into Manchester, Birmingham. So we have NEC, uh, which hosts um, EGX, which is one of our biggest um, gaming events in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Insomnia, um, all of these type of events on that that host um, these large tournaments that we have in the UK. Um, and uh, I think Staffordshire has that kind of nice mix that we're in the middle of everything. Um, and it makes very, very applip- uh, applicable and allows a lot of our students definitely to network with so many industry that is just around the block from us mm-hmm. um and that, that that that's quite valuable so I'd, i would say that lays quite heavy into the factor but also um the fact that we have a very successful um employment rate from our, our business school um we also have a uh, the same one that with the games um and uh, i think that kind of supports it so well, I've uh, it's been kind of nice too to see your journey because you really started this. Uh, this is the first year, correct, of the program? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. And I know through LinkedIn, you and I connected, and I connected with Rachel, and then I started to see some of your students also starting to pop up on LinkedIn, and I started connecting <laughs> with some of your students. Tell us about your students because. You know, people, again, have stereotypes about what this may be. So are your students like all just boys who are just very focused on gaming or is it a nice (laughs) diversity of everybody? Sure. Uh, I think the concern was we were going to get just uh, one gender, um, uh, mainly male dominated on that um, of uh, lads that maybe just want to uh, come in and play games. um, And uh, that's what they want to do. Thankfully, I think we, we marketed it really well. Um, we uh, have open days where um, students will come along with their parents and we explain what the program is. Um, and then come the first day, um, they they knew exactly what they're here for. Um, and they know that it's um, to uh, uh, come in and learn the fundamentals of how to get yourself into the industry of esports, not to um, uh, be a, a pro gamer. And I, I stress that's like, that's if you wanted to do that, you'll go to an academy. 
Um, but the added value that's so nice about it is they're so enthusiastic. Um, I, 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 this is like the, um, both, both the um, uh, male and females uh, on our course. They, uh, they, they, I have, we have a girl as an example like, uh, called uh, Kathleen. Um, she is one of the most enthusiastic people I've ever seen in my life period. Mm. Um, always asking if she can get involved in more things. Um, what else um, uh, can she possibly be doing to grow her portfolio? Um, we're only three months into a brand new course um, and we've got um, many individuals um, like her uh, showing her passion um, to what she wants to do. She's acting like she's finishing in her last year already um, to trying to get into industry when she's only three months in. And that, that's, that's just astounding. Like, I, I love their passion. I love that you talk too, because <clears throat> you touched on the idea of the branding. And uh, I know you and I have had conversations with Garvey and it seems that, you know, when you focus just in on the games, you lose out on this beautiful opportunity that you have to work with kids. And while, again, you were talked about um, being in industry and, you know, connecting it with industry, but you, you, you alluded to her talking about her brand. And that's one thing I think that that students don't really take seriously enough mm. until it's either it's too late or or they kind of have that aha, aha moment of developing their own personal brands and actually starting to. Uh, put themselves out there and monetize in ways that, you know, I'm 43 years old. I never had that opportunity to do that when I was in college. Um, I had to do everything with interviews and I had to show up and I had to meet people one-on-one and I had a very closed circle. You may have seen it differently in your educational experience, but, you know, for a kid who's, I, I keep saying it, a young lady who is 18 years old, who is now very serious about her brand and connecting into industry, that's a, that's a huge win coming out of, even if she... I don't want to say she, I hope she finishes college. I hope she finishes your, <laughs> your program to end and isn't snatched up before. But, you know, that's a potential possibility too. I mean, th- if you think about it, it as yeah, these yeah, kids no. start to grow in the industry. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I, I think uh, we do have a, a similar issue around the world uh, in academia where um, young individuals uh, go into, or, or to be honest on that, even um, uh, lads and girls that come into the program uh, at a later age. I think on the, uh, in academia, we don't maybe assist um, as enough as we could to uh, get them to start building their portfolio from the word go, um, because in my eyes, when you get to um, university, you've made you've made such a journey. I'm sure to get to that point, um, you're about to take that next big step in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and why not start from the very beginning? Like you know, go, go on to um, some of these great sites that are free as well, uh, where you can uh, just build a portfolio up. Um, and uh, when you put that, when you make that work, um, yes, some of it might not be great, but if you put it on there and then over time you see that improvement, uh, you'll, you'll notice how much you've grown and not just the lecturer going, here's the grade, um, you're either going to pass or you're going to get a distinction, you're either going to get the low or the high grade. Um, and then we just value their success on that. I think it's so much more than that. I think it's about how uh, they've grown as an individual um, and the and the life um, lessons that they've learned. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things that my students were already telling me that, that they're becoming um, so much more mature and learning uh, all these great skills to put them into work um, that's valuing them aside from the education. But it's not putting. Um, so it's, I think they're getting the best of both. But it's not just putting them into work. You know, it, I I don't like that term because as we're as you were talking mm-hmm. about, these are kids intrinsically motivated. Yeah, and it's that thing where if you work, wake up every day and you do what you love, you know, you're going to you don't call it work. You just it's just <laughs> what you do. It's your passion yeah. and you're just following your passion. 
And really what we're setting up kids to do is really be successful and follow the passion that they have and along the way make money while they do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And Yeah, no, that's true. I know in my realm, in uh, below university level, that we have done a really poor job with helping kids to develop brand. Because up until now, for the majority of students who are in high school and younger, school has been done to them. They've been told what classes to take, what time to be at school, listen to a bell, you got to go see this teacher, then you got to go see this teacher. And a lot of times, and and again, I'm a, my background is public education. I was a school teacher for several years, and I've come across teachers who take such uh, control over the learning in a class. Sure. That, you know, they, they, they talk about scope and sequence, and they talk about we have to do this on this date, and this on this date, and this on this date. And students are just disconnecting from that now. I mean, there's 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 nothing that says we can't just <clears throat> turn over the reins of control to kids a lot more than we have been and assist them on even before they get to you starting to develop these brands. At least get their toes in the water. We don't sure. have, we don't have to make it something that's graded, but you know, it's amazing to see what kids create when just left to their own devices. And you can kind of start to see where their passions are. And it, it, just because it's an English class doesn't mean we can't talk about, uh, like, like the uh, NASCF has developed curriculum for high school English classes that do talk about business writing and developing business plans. And the great thing about these business plans is we don't have to make up fake widgets anymore. The business plan could be around yourself, branding yourself. Yes. Yeah. I, that, that, that is, yeah, it's so true. I, 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 I'm seeing such great examples, isn't it? Um, I know a lot of um, uh, students that come into um, university out of school um, and they say that education was never for them. Um, they, they don't even, half the time, they, they're so unsure that they've even made the journey uh, right for themselves that come, come to university because they're so worried about the how education has been such a linear thing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but ne- now coming into such a, an environment where we support their uh, ambitions, um, which is why I love things like um, uh, societies. On that, uh, we had so many students from the word go, um, go. Uh, you know, is this possible? And and that that that's something where I love to go. Well. It is like we, we, we and it, I think if the uh, academics can support that that passion, that that leads to um, the students uh, being more uh, kind of nonlinear focused, and and they can they can grow better without just kind of being told here's here's the one direction you take this one direction it leads you to success. That's not necessarily true. There are other ways to do it as well. It's mm-hmm. just a guideline, um, and that that that's something I really uh, am enjoying seeing from these students already. They're they're kind of already taking their ideas and, and growing them, but they're, they're putting themselves on LinkedIn already, the, um, which I think is a fantastic way of connecting um, with people, but also uh, growing your personal portfolio. They're, they're, they're making portfolios for themselves. They're making events happen. Um, these aren't things they really have to do until into the, like when they kind of would get told in the program, but I think they've kind of seen that um, uh, passion from the uh, academics as well and, and just gone, yeah, like this is great. And um, it's come from networking with, you know, fantastic people like yourself on that um, and, and, and uh, other members that we've had in our panels in the industry. It's, it's really, it's really nice to see. It really is. It's very refreshing. Now, um, and I can't imagine being an 18 year old, you know, I, Going back, so I was eighteen in nineteen ninety three, uh, well before all this, and I can't imagine going back then and somebody coming to me and saying, "Hey, you know, you can get a degree in this." 
Like that would have, <laughs> yeah. that would have just, you know, melted my brain. I don't know if there was a, and, and that's the other thing too, is I don't know if there's high school counselors who really even, you know, understand that and can tell children, you know, Hey, this, this is available for you to do as a career. So have you, what have you had to do as, as order to get the word out, you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure most of your students are coming from the UK. So what have you had to do to get the word out to them? Sure. Um, I think it's been a factor of uh, matching the the general stigma that games are surrounded by mm-hmm. um, since we've always had, which um, is uh, someone kind of just sitting at home and playing the games and having a very unhealthy maybe lifestyle. Um, I think we've had to market uh, the values of that this is a growing business. Um, it's it's um, uh, excelling across the world. Um, it's a form of uh, entertainment um, that is, you know, has viewership that matches our Super Bowl numbers. Um, and that in, in, you know, th- those are things that have been around for embedded in our culture for years. Um, here, here's something else on that, uh, a new form. Of, uh, well, not necessarily a new form on that, but an enter- form of entertainment that's kind of now getting a bit more respect around it as well. And uh, I, I think um, we've had to just carefully market, uh, market it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, open days are very valuable. I think on that um, parents and students should always um, have uh, access to a day where they can speak to the people that are going to teach the course, um, speak to the people on that that have put the course together. Um, I think it's those careful steps um, in academia that uh, will actually get someone to feel more comfortable with the idea and understand it. I think I think a bit of my biggest thing I always say is uh, if someone's lost and they don't, uh, maybe maybe they're even um, uh, kind of slate something off or uh, uh, go against it quite hard. I think that's because they don't understand. Mm-hmm. I think on that. It, it's understanding in anything is is a massive thing to learn um and if we do that well then we get the good response that we've luckily had on that so (laughs) well so what has been i'm going to ask you this in two parts and you might have already answered the first part but i'm going to ask you and you can choose which one you want to do first what's been your biggest surprise or i guess i don't want to say disappointment but what's been the biggest surprise (laughs) as you've gone along with this and the other side of it is what is your biggest success? You talked about the student, I believe her name was Kate, um, and her developing her brand and being the most enthusiastic. But is there sure. is there been like a really huge positive that's come out of it that surprised you and something that has been kind of like, a, oh, my gosh, I didn't re- even think about this, you know, happening? <laughs> sure. Um, I think the two surprises that's come to come together is um, I never expected the universities to be um, get behind a program that's could be considered as very risky to start um, as well as what they have. I think we've got incredible staff that have supported this. And uh, I, a perception of a student I know when you sometimes first come in is you're, you're worried that you're in the wrong place maybe or, or you know, on that, uh, are you going to fit in? Um, and we, we kind of make, make our university a very family-orientated place. And I think the university have a great slogan called uh, Proud to be Staffs. Mm. Um, and uh, we, we, we put that all over social media because the biggest thing that I have learned is we are very proud to be who we are. Um, And I think that reflects in uh, the amount uh, that they financially put into this course, um, creating fantastic facilities. Um, That was very surprising. I didn't expect them to go to the lengths they have. Um, but they they really have, um, and uh, the staff that we've we've employed are so enthusiastic. Um, that that was great to see um, coming into uh, into the job, but also um, still coming fresh as from a student myself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the added bonus to that that's been both um, to the second question and to the first on the uh, first surprising is to see that the students really have come to do what we we were on about them doing. I like uh, they 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 get the best of both worlds. Don't get me wrong. Like they, they we encourage them. You know, still like if gaming is your thing, do what you you know you're gonna game. Like obviously, like we're not we're not gonna put a bolt on and say it's business only from here. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so you get they, so wait you get to play games. You get to have fun. You get to honor the importance of play and all this. Yeah. It's, it's part of university so they they get the societies and they can go play their games still and uh we you know we we, we, at the university in the in the degree we don't actually teach gaming uh, Mm -hmm. and how to be a pro gamer um but because of the nature of the course we have attracted people of a high level um and they get to mix with uh others um that's why we have like as example when the number one overwatch team i think in the uk um but that's just kind of happened out of nothing really that that's the students just continuing their passion of gaming that's excellent Um, but they but they're also getting great grades because they're they know that they're they're being allowed to you know express themselves um in something they want to do but they're also growing in the sector that they know you know the statistics to be a pro game is unlikely but they want to get into the industry so the Mm -hmm. fact that they're getting to mix with people that love what they do and love um and kind of we you know we understand what they uh, they love too uh we can give them the whole package and i think that's been the the, the greatest thing as a result of the surprise to see. So it's, it, you know, I was trying to get towards the end of the interview here now, but you said something that also just piqued another question. That's a great <laughs> thing, I guess, about this podcast is I can continue to go on. Um, you, you talked about setting up the facilities and what the university has given you as far as facilities. Um, something that I have, have thought about, a lot lately. And I would love to get your thoughts. And maybe you have students who could tackle this as a question, perhaps for one of your courses, I would love to see what some of their thoughts are. And I don't know if Staffordshire has a school of design or anything like that. I feel that the esports performance space, the where we have competitions and the practice Mm -hmm. space even are designed. I feel like they're they're flawed. And I and and hear me out, I feel like they're flawed, because a lot of times, we have students sitting in screens and the screens are like this in their faces and they're very focused on what the screen has, but they're supposed to be working with teammates, right? Mm. And they've got their headphones and they're doing verbal communication. And, and I feel what's being missed in all of this is that the design of these spaces have basically been computer labs that have been given LED lights and nicer chairs and faster processors and more RAM and better video cards. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even started to scratch the surface on nonverbal communication skills, being able to make eye contact with somebody across the table from you. Um, one of the things I always thought about was uh, I used to play a game. It's a very popular game uh, at Purdue University where I went to school called Euchre. I don't know if you've ever heard it before. It's a card game. It's a it's a team. Uh, no, I haven't. No. Okay, well, it's a it's a team card game, and you're not supposed to talk to the. You're not supposed to communicate with them what cards you have. It's almost like bridge in a lot of ways. Or okay, okay, but um, <clears throat> there's a lot of nonverbal communication. If you're a good player, there's a lot of nonverbal communication that takes <laughs> place. So you can almost know what the person has uh, as far as their suits go. And there's something about to me that like a glance. Like an, like a, a raise of the eyebrow, a, a hand gesture, something that gets somebody's attention. While yes, you're doing all the verbal communications, mm. there's a lot that can be said a lot faster in a glance than what can be said in a in a in a um, in a microphone. So, 
I don't, I, I almost feel like I want to challenge your students to say, ask the question, is this the best space to be a competitive gamer? Is this the best space sure. for performance? Um, even as I look at uh, what the NBA has done, so NBA 2K League, um, mm-hmm. they have not set their, their, their players up in a flat um, setting. They actually have them in a round. But the round yes, is... Yeah, I, I found that very interesting myself. Okay. So maybe that's... I don't know if you have a school of design or architecture or something nearby at Staffordshire, but that's something, you know, if you talk to the marketing kids or the kids who do, uh, who are focused in on event planning. I, God, I would love to get their insights and their thoughts into, is this even the best way to do this? Have we really thought sure. far enough ahead into this to be, you know, looking at, at performance space? Sure. Yeah. I, I think that is a very interesting question. I, I think they would definitely love to give some feedback on that. Um, considering uh, they do do their extracurriculum and they play games quite frequently and they're always talking about uh, improving uh, a space or, or having um, an area where they can uh, even just uh, do that to get like uh, instead of kind of being at home. Um, and uh, I, I think that's something they would really quite get in, quite interested in answering. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely find out um, if we are, we have a uh, architectural area <laughs> <laughs> well, as well. But uh, yeah. I, you know, as I said, or I, as you and I talked earlier, I am going to be coming, at least I'll be in Ireland from March 20th to April 1st. I would love to possibly just come over. And if if that's a conversation piece we could have or if something they could work on before, I don't know how you build it into your class schedule. But that's something I would just love <laughs> to talk to your students about one-on-one and just find out from them exactly what their thoughts are around space and space design as regards to esports. Because that, I feel, is sure. going to be – I feel that that's just going to be a huge industry going forward now that that now that people are spending a lot of money on you know desktops and things like that but you see the chair i'm sitting in is this ikea wooden you know thing and it's sitting on an old (laughs) roll top desk so um, i just feel like this this is something that you know university students might get their hands around that is unique to you guys even you know Sure. Yeah. No. No. I think I think it is a great point. Um, it's it's the same with uh, any entertainment industry. Like we are quite still young. Uh, we're learning a lot of things, and I think it could start with um, these new, you know, uh, young individuals coming out with uh, their experience and acting on that and improving um, performance. Uh, could definitely be based around uh, things like body language and how could you effectively utilize that in space. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is I think that is very true. Um, it, also for any sport um that exists on that uh, uh, to be honest um and i can definitely see that inside um esports as well um considering you are sitting there with um someone um and uh, as an example uh, you know say someone that gets very uh, emotionally into the game or uh, you you'll be able to see that like you know sometimes maybe is it the um you, you're better to be blocked off or maybe you're better on that to be uh, verbally seen more like because if you've got maybe a captain um in sports a captain can be vital to your team he he expresses it you want to see that person um uh, with all their emotion and and giving that a uh, strong verbal um but also eye contact mm-hmm. and that can really motivate someone out of a hard spot um so maybe methods um where they can see that um the kind of uh their team more is it is a better way of doing things um it's very interesting it's a very interesting topic um we, we'll definitely we'll definitely talk about it when you uh, you visit <laughs> excellent well, Stuart, I, uh, we, we, we are almost, uh, we, we're almost at full time, I guess, uh, that I said, you know, we try to keep the podcast uh, around 30 to 45 minutes. But I want to give you an opportunity to make a pitch for Staffordshire and your program. So 
if we wanted to isolate this out and just take this away. So where can they find out more about you? Where can they find out more about the program? Uh, sure. Um, if you want to find out uh, more about the program, uh, go to um, staffordshireuniversity.ac.uk. Uh, uh, um, you can find out uh, information on all the courses we do there, um, and uh, you'll get to see uh, all the staff and their profiles on uh, their background. Um, so we have like uh, PhD professors, etc., doing research. Um, that's very something uh, that we're, we're very keen in. So we like to take new motivated students. Uh, with a passion to do what they love. Um, so you can find the eSports course on there as well. Um, I would probably join us on that if you're looking to do the eSports, if you're truly passionate about that industry. Um, as being James has said, it's not about uh, the, the gaming aspect on that. Um, it's about uh, getting into uh, the industry that you love. Um, and we will support that in the very best way we can. Um, if you want to find me, uh, you can find me on, uh, I, I usually say LinkedIn is probably the best method on that. Um, uh, but you can also uh, find me and very welcome to always email me, email me about the program um, at uh, stuart.costers.staffs.ac.uk. Excellent. Stuart Costers, thank you so much for being on the podcast. <laughs> no it's, it's been a long time coming, man. I'm glad we could do it. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm really happy. <laughs> All right. Thank you much. That will do it for this week on the Academy of Esports. I've been your host, James O'Hagan. You may follow me on Twitter at Jim O'Hagan, at J-I-M-O-H-A-G-A-N, and through the Academy of Esports account at T-A-O Esports. It's a great way to get the latest blog posts, podcast episodes, and news coming out of esports and education. And remember... You can continue your engagement by going to www.taoesports.com. You can also connect through Facebook at www.facebook.com slash taoesports. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our time again next week.